Renee and I just wanted to pop in and bless you and speak a blessing over you and tell you about a resource that's available to you. I recently did a message uh, at a church that uh, the pastors had asked me to minister on the supernatural, on the miraculous. And uh, Renee and I both felt like that the Holy Spirit just showed up and, and did a good job. Uh, we called it, uh, where are you from? You know, are you from this this world here? Or are you from the heavenly world? And, and I think you get a hold of it, it'll bless you, it'll minister to you, and uh, you'll learn some things about miracles. Well, it was so profound in that um, we have to realize that we are living in a realm where we're surrounded by the natural, but yet we're called upon, Terry, like you taught, to live out of the supernatural absolutely, realm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you probably hadn't heard anything like this before. I asked some pretty pointed questions that uh, I think will be a blessing to you. Sure will. The details are on the screen on how you can get it. Order the CD with shipping and handling or download instantly at terrymize.com. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Hello, everyone. We are so thrilled you have joined us today. It's an honor to, as we say so often, wash your feet with the Word of God. And today, we really want to talk to you about some confusion among Christians on the area of, um, you know, are we beggars or are we believers? You know, are we going to try to manipulate by telling people our needs? Or are we going to stand on the Word and don't tell anybody? And like the great missionary Hudson Taylor said, I was determined to move the hands of men by prayer towards God. We want to talk about that. You've had so many opportunities to, uh, well, as we would say, compromise and, uh, you know, tell somebody your needs and try to manipulate, you know, by people when you've got huge budgets for crusades or you're going to take your entire family to New Zealand (laughs) for five weeks and everybody's got, we got to fly there, stay in hotels and pay for dinner and food and breakfast and lunch and, and take care of, you know, four kids and us and preach all on both islands. And how are we going to pay that? (laughs) You know, um, there are lots of opportunities, Terry, uh, to where we could look like we're manipulating people, and yet uh, we learned many, many years ago we can't do that. No, you know? absolutely not. So to, th- there was <clears throat> one example we wanted to talk about immediately uh, as we started the program today about uh, a gentleman that, that tried to get you to tell him what you needed, and he was going to give you the money and whatever, you know? Well, I've had that happen on several occasions, and, and it always comes down, Renee, to the motive of the heart. That's it. Right uh, there. I, I've had three different, uh, well, millionaires, each one of them, yeah. that came to me and offered me money, but it was the motive of the heart. Right. Uh, one of them pulled out a, a wad of bills like this and choke a horse yeah. and just held it up to me and said, just tell me what you need. Just tell me what you need. 
And I said, well, I, I don't tell my needs to anybody. I'm, right. You're not God. I'm, God meets all my needs according to the riches and glory of Christ Jesus. Well, just tell me what you need. Just tell me what you need. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to do it. You know, yeah. I said, if God tells you to give to me, help yourself. And if he doesn't, well, that's fine. That's between you and God. Right. And uh, he, he ended up going away upset. He came back later and gave me $1,000, you know. But, but, I mean, he had a wad there that was thousands of dollars. Yeah. And uh, another one was a, a, a millionaire that actually came and brought me his checkbook. And he said, I've actually gone to the bank and picked up a signature card and for you to sign my bank account. And he said, here's your own personal checkbook in my name and my account. And he said, from now on, you and your wife, uh, your needs and your ministry, uh, your personal and your ministry needs are underwritten. You just write a check for anything you want. And I just sent it back to him. And I said, I appreciate that. That's so kind. That's so wow. gracious of you. But I said, but I, you can't afford me. I said, if, wow. I, if I trust in you, me and you both will go broke. It'll hurt <laughs> you, you know. That's and right. uh, I, I can't let my somebody goodness. else be God. I can't make That's them right. my sugar daddy. Yeah. And then a third one was a businessman that, that Jackie and I back in the day were leaving town from Mexico that very day, leaving mm. from Odessa, Texas. And this businessman called me and a friend of mine and had me come. He said, stop by to see me. I know you're going out in town. They stopped mm. by and see me. So I stopped at his business and uh, he did the same thing. So Terry, tell me what you need. You need anything? You need anything on this trip? Well, he knew I needed stuff. I'm leaving for Mexico. <laughs> I know. What he didn't know is I didn't even oh, have any my. gas in the in the car. You know, I didn't yeah. have any money or any gas. But I'm not going to tell him that. Right. And he literally chased me down the street whenever I shook his hand and said, well, I got to go. Jackie and the kids are waiting in the car. And I, I went out of his business and walked down Main Street, Odessa, Texas. And uh, he, he followed me down the street saying, Terry, you, need, you sure you don't need anything? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't need anything? <laughs> I said, I'm good. God supplies all my needs according to the reason and glory of Christ Jesus. Yeah. If he tells you to give me something, go ahead. If he doesn't, I'm, I'm good. Right. And, and he didn't give me a dime. And you know God was talking to him. Yes. That's you know it God right was there. Talking to him. You know God was talking to him. I sat at a table one time and, and, uh, uh, and, and was having dinner with a guy, and I literally heard the Lord say to him to buy me an airplane. I heard the Lord say it to him. Wow. I never cracked a smile. I never said a word. I never said a thing. To this day, I've never said a thing. I'm just telling, telling you now. And, uh, and, and, you know, and he didn't do it. But I heard the Lord tell him that. And I saw his face go white when the Lord told him. But, but I didn't milk that. I didn't say, hey, right, you know, boy, I tell right. you what, I sure am playing, praying for an airplane. Because it's motive <laughs> of the heart. His motive and my motive. Am oh, I making my. him God? Is he trying to be God? Is he trying yeah. to fulfill a position that makes him feel better? Right. I used to tell people when I was a young missionary, I'd get in the pulpit and I'd say, now, now we appreciate our partners. We love our partners. We pray for our partners every exactly. day, every day, every day. Big partner, little partner, dollar offering, $100 offering, $1,000 offering. We appreciate them. But on the same token, you're not my source. Right. God's my source. And, and, and if you're sitting out there wanting to be the person that gives the offering that saves the missionary Terry Mines from starving right. to death, then just keep it because God's mm -hmm. going to let me starve to death. My faith's in God. So it's a motive in, on my part. Right. And it's a motive on their they're part. On the giver. If they're just giving because they're good hearted right. and say, hey, Brother Terry, the Lord told me to give you something. I said, well, thank you. Praise the Lord. They came and said, here, God said, give you a dollar or God did, did give you $10,000 or $100,000. Right. I said, well, praise the Lord. Thank you. You know. But but I'm not going to manipulate that, you know. Right. And, and I, I taught a message back in 1978 um, at Buddy Harrison's great church in Tulsa. He had just started a church in Tulsa called Faith Christian Fellowship in February of 78, and he went from zero to 2,200 in six months, I think. 
And uh, he had me come to a three-day seminar. And I, I did a message called The Walk of Faith, What is Not. Right. The Walk of Faith, What is Not. Because there is a walk of faith, and right. I love it dearly. Right. But there is also a manipulation that's not faith. That's right. And one of the examples I used in that sermon, I said, you know, if you're if you walk in church, young man walks in church, young preacher walks in church, and he goes down to the altar and kneels down by the richest guy in church and prays out loud and says, Oh God, <laughs> I need a new I need new shirts, preferably arrow size sixty and a half. I said, That's not faith. That's manipulation. That's right. That's or sometimes right. when you walk up to somebody and say, Hey, agree with me for my need. Now there's nothing wrong with telling you somebody to agree with you for their need, but it's right. the motive of the heart. Are you doing it because you really want them to agree with God? Right. Or are you doing it to let them know what you need? Right. Now there's a difference. There's a vast difference in that. It's like the old joke I've told many times before about the young missionary in Mexico that would show up at the old veteran missionary's house every day at mealtime. That's right. Every day at mealtime. <laughs> and he'd always talk about the walk of faith, the life of faith, the walk of faith. Isn't this great? Yeah. And yeah. one day he's sitting there eating the missionary's steak. And uh, and he said, I tell you, this walk of faith is really great. I love the living by faith. And the missionary said to him, yes, son, my faith and your steak, make, or my steak and your faith make a great combination. <laughs> And see, that's a manipulation. No, that's right. And uh, you, you can't, you can't, you, you deceive yourself. That's it, right you there. You deceive yourself if you think that's faith. That's right. Now, on the same token, when you and Dean got into faith, right? When Jackie and I got into faith, right. We were listening to uh, Brother Hagen, right? And to Brother Kenneth Copeland. Brother Copeland was just coming on the scene, right? You know, I think he got what out of ORU in '67, maybe. Mm -hmm. Went in the ministry around 67. Yeah, because he was 60. coming to the to my church, Life Tabernacle, in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, during my junior and senior year. That's really year. where he got so that'd start, been late in 60s. Shreveport. Yeah, yeah. Late I think 60s. it was late. Yeah, it was like I think it's sixty seven. Right. But anyway, uh, the first time I heard of him was, uh, which is beside the point, just taking up time, I guess. But I I was in the army, and and he was doing a, a there was the full gospel businessman in Denver, Colorado was doing their world convention. They always had a world convention July the 4th. Right. And, and, and he was speaking. He was one of the speakers, and I'd never heard of him. And I thought, Who, who's that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but he was just making him on the scene. And I, and I heard him one night in, 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 in late 71. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard him, uh, and it just pulled my chain, just rung my bell. And I thought, man, this is, this is what I believe. Right, right. And this is what Brother Hagin's teaching. This is what I believe. And hardly anybody else was. Right. That's uh, for sure. And so, uh, uh, and he was hardcore in those days. We all were. We were all yeah. hard. Men, the pioneers <laughs> take the arrows. When you're doing something yeah. that the whole yeah. church is against, yeah, you're not only getting it from the sinners, you're getting it from off. the church, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was tough. And uh, uh, and so and he's mellowed, of course. So we've all mellowed, thank God. Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, it, we were had to be tough at first, just because you're butting heads all the time. You're trying to pray, and somebody says, "That's not God." God wants you sick. No, God doesn't want me sick. And God wants you poor. No, God doesn't want me poor. And so it was tough in those days, you know. And so uh, we was listening to Brother Copeland, and y'all were listening to Brother Copeland and Brother Hagen. And uh, Kenneth would make this statement a lot. He'd say, you don't ask a man for a place to preach. Right. And you don't make your needs known to anybody. Right. Well, you and Dean just, just adapted that hardcore. That's right. I mean, I mean, you know, tattooed it on your arm. I mean, we will not exactly. ask for a place to preach, and we will not tell anybody our needs. Well, Jackie and I did the same thing. 
so help me God, I won't ask a man for a place exactly. to preach. And so help me God, I won't tell anybody my needs. Well, well, because so many preachers manipulate it. Yeah. We I'd were, see preachers go to conventions, just sit there and pass out their cards and kiss babies and say, you know, sure, I'd like to give them to your church to preach. You know, I, you know, I'm a preacher. You know, I'm a singer. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, I'd like to do you a meeting. <laughs> and, and I just refuse to do that. Well, we were coming back then. Mm-hmm. We were coming from under the barrel. Yeah. Of, of being around well-meaning, dedicated, Wonderful faithful Christians, yeah. people, uh, both that were missionaries and pastors and ministers, mm-hmm. traveling evangelists, of uh, people thinking the general concept within the body of Christ was that uh, missionaries were the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. and then pastors, and then a traveling ministry. And preachers are beggars. And that preachers are beggars, and that um, the... The missionary barrel was where you put all your old clothes, That's right. and they'd barrel those old nasty things up well, many times unwashed, unwashed. You sew buttons on. What was it, missing? brother? Brother Osteen told the story of the of the lady that put her used tea bags in it. Oh, it wasn't just brother Osteen. I know missionaries that literally happened to. You know, they'd send the missionaries used, used tea bags, tea bags. And I told people back when Jackie and I were first a missionary in Oaxaca, we didn't have two pennies drove together. But I said, you know what I'd do if somebody sent me used tea bags. I'd send it back to them with an offering so they could buy their own. You know, buy them some new ones. I mean, I'm not going to be that kind of person. Right. And, and but but because of that, yeah, because us being of that, so strong, one ditch over so here, hard, poverty. Then, well, because of us being so strong beggars, about not yeah. not asking for a place to preach right. and not telling anybody, it could confuse some Christians and probably has over yes. the years because they say, we well, on the one hand, that. Terry Mai says, Kenneth Copeland says, Dean Garner says that we don't ask make our needs known to anybody. That's by right. the same token, what about me getting somebody to pray for me if I'm sick or? Pray for me about this, or pray for exactly. my kids, or pray for my marriage. Well, that's totally, completely different. No, that's a, there's. And I even pastored for four and a half years, as you know, right. in Tulsa. Uh, and and when I and I'd stand in the pulpit, I tell people, I say, you know, I'm not a pastor; I'm a missionary. And and I said, you know, that you've heard me say, I don't ask for money; I don't make my needs known to anybody. I said, and that's about me and Jackie; that's our personal needs. Right. I said, but I, I'm I'm not going to do that at the church. I'm the pastor of this church, and it needs money <laughs> to do right. stuff. So I will tell you, hey, we need to pay the light bill. We need to do this. We need to do that. There is a budget that needs to be. Well, and if you you were going to tell them your needs, say, Jackie and I don't tell anybody our needs. We don't tell anybody we need a brand new car. Or we don't tell anybody we're believing God for a swimming pool. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it goes back to manipulation. Yeah, it's you always know, you motive. You give those left-handed It's motive of the, of the heart. Right. You know, what is your motive? What are you yeah. trying to accomplish? Are you really in faith? Or are you trying to manipulate Brother Big Bucks? Right. You know, are you trying to manipulate, you know, Susie Charismatic? Because you can, there are crooks in the ministry. There are. And that's even a hard word. There are crooks in the ministry, but there are good people that just don't know how to live by faith. Right. So they, they, they're they being, think they're in faith, but they're manipulating. Well, and some people are being dishonest. And, and I give them the, the fact that they don't see that as being dishonest. That's just how everybody's always oh, yeah. done. I, I've got a relative that's, that has always thought he's supposed to be in the ministry, and I've told him he's not. Uh, and every time he'd be with me and somebody walk up and hand me something, he'd say, oh, Terry, I wish I, wish I had that. I wish somebody, and just say it right in front of them. I wish somebody'd give me that. Well, see, that's a manipulation. Right. There's no faith in that. No. You know, we're and then Sadly. Brother Osteen taught us. John Osteen, Joel's daddy, yeah. taught us we're not beggars. We're, we're believers. believers. We're not beggars. We're believers. We're not beggars. We're believers. So everything. Sure, we have to have money. You yes. and I have to have money. We have to have money to go on crusade. We have to have money to do the things we do. We have to have money for these orphans. But we don't beg for it. We're not right. beggars. Right. We say, here's the need. If you want to give to it. 
Fine. We right. appreciate it. And there's not the wrong kind of coercion. We present the need. Right. And then we believe God. And that's what's so wonderful to me, Terry, when we were growing up in the word of faith, yeah. is that when you used your faith and didn't tell other people mm-hmm. down to the, I mean, you know, I'm, I made the statement when we were learning all this. I said, I just get so tired just having to believe God for the toothpicks. I remember you telling you know? Jackie and I that decades ago. You know? But but the thing was, you get so was, tired of them. Believe God for the toothpicks. We were so determined to do that, but the glory of it was that it kept our eyes on the Lord yes. and it left us with our dignity. Exactly. It left it when you're a believer and, and make not the other a beggar. Feel awkward. Yeah, you don't have to feel awkward. You can walk in everywhere and just know you're trusting the Lord and you're not scoping the room out to see who can who looks like they might have money and you go befriend exactly. them and sit down and talk to them. And there are preachers it makes that are you a masters better person. at that. You know, they know yeah. they know how to work a room. It makes you it it makes you grow up emotionally and it makes you totally dependent on God, which improves your integrity. You know, and it keeps you straight and honest. You know, you and I could sit here and literally tell testimony after testimony after testimony how we did that. Maybe we will the next week or two. Right. Just tell some of those testimonies. We didn't tell anybody anything. And God supernaturally showed up. Uh, And that's faith. That's God. Yeah. Uh, But uh, on the other hand, you know, saying, well, we don't ask anybody for a place to preach. I, I did that for decades. Right. Decades. And I'd go to a town and preach for Pastor A., and then later, a really good friend of mine who lived in the same town right. would say, call me and say, hey, I heard you were in my town preaching. I said, well, yeah, I was. Well, why didn't you call me? I'd had you do Wednesday night service. I, I said, well, I, I don't ask anybody for a place to preach. So I did I did some of that to my own detriment. Right. I was honorable in doing it. Right. But, but some of them would say to me after I've been in the ministry a number of years. Right. They say, yeah, but Terry, you're not a novice anymore. Right. You're a veteran now. Right. We know you. You've been to our church. You've These been in are, our well, home. You're, they're your friends. We're, we're your friends. We're yeah. your partners. We send right. you money every month. Yes, right. Uh, we, we want you in our pulpit. Right. If you're ever in our town, right. then you need to call me and let me know. And I tell you, that was a hard thing for me to do. I had to get over that. Right. And, and still, I won't hardly do it. You know me. I mean, you've been right. there 10 years almost. And uh, I just won't hardly do it. But I will call friends and say, hey, we are going to be in, right. you know, in your town or your state or the next town over from you. And so they, well, then come preach for us. Or if they say, well, uh, great, we, we can't have you preach because we got right. somebody else to be. I don't have any problem with that. I'm not be, being rejected, you know. Well, but well, it, but it, so there, it always goes back to motive of the heart. What is your motive? How, why are you exactly. Why are you doing this? Is the giver trying to own you? Because some people want to own the ministry. Right. There are some wealthy people that, that really want so to true. own the ministry. I, I've known several of them yeah. because they felt like they owned several ministries and they came and tried to own me. And I said, oh, no, no, I don't play that. You know, yeah. you're not going to own me. This ministry isn't for sale. I'm not going to prostitute this ministry for anybody. Well, and, and, and so not, you have to draw lines exactly. about where am I in faith or am I manipulating? Well, and that's part of Philippians chapter two, where you learn to work out your own salvation. Sure. What what may be an act of faith for somebody else is an act of unbelief for somebody exactly. else. That's exactly right. And, the fact and I tell that, people that even in Bible schools, I tell I tell students, say, I don't necessarily want you to do what I did. Right. Because that's right. I know where my faith was when I did it. I don't know where your faith is. You that's may exactly you may right. do what I did and fail miserably right. because your faith isn't there yet. But I knew where my faith was. Well, and that's why the word tells us that we're growing from faith, from faith, to, faith to faith, from glory to glory, exactly. line upon line, precept upon precept. Here you grow, the Bible says. I, I used a little, to teach a, a series on know where your faith level yeah, is. Right. 
You right. need to, I mean, like if you've never believed God for a thousand dollars, you've never believed God for a, a pair of socks before, then all of a sudden you say, I'm going to believe God for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's probably not going to happen because that, <laughs> your faith right. is not that's there. Right. Your faith is still down here at sock level. Well, the, you know, the, the thing that, that has helped me in learning this, and I want to say this to, to help the folks, um, learning to know how to say things like to a doctor where you don't compromise exactly. your, your faith confession. I, I, I need, I felt like maybe I need it. You're talking to a doctor and I need to, I need to tell the doctor my need. Mm-hmm. I need to tell them, you know, this is what I want. This is what I'd like to have. And I'm not putting my trust in him. I just need some information. Yeah. You're you not know. giving you spiritual authority. I'm not giving them the spiritual authority over my whole body. <laughs> and I'm not using them as a um, confessor, you know, mm-hmm. to tell all Although my troubles. Although there's nothing wrong with going to doctors. Huh? I said, although there's nothing wrong with going to doctors, right. we're not, they're not our enemy. No. They're fighting the same thing we are. It's just they treat symptoms. We treat cause. Right. You know, but they're not our enemy. I don't have a problem with people going to a doctor unless well, God's dealt with them a bit. Let's, let's talk about the fact, what if you're a businessman and you've got to give a financial report and you've got to give information and you've got to really talk to the board members about, uh, you know where where there's deficiency, where there's sure. a uh, where you your vision casting. Sure. You know all the things that you do in church, you do in the board meeting, talking about how we need well, we need to say it in such a way that tells the truth, but yet we do not manipulate in the wrong way. And there ha- there has to be the the honesty side of it, like sure. you're talking, and then there has to be the uh, the approach to the solution. Well, and it also depends on whether you're doing something in faith or whether you're just operating a business. Right. You know, some businessmen will really operate the thing in faith. And they're saying, here's what the Word says, guys. So yeah. to their board meeting, here's what the Word says. That's what we're going to believe God for. Yeah. Or you can just do a regular board meeting and say, here's our profit. Here's our loss. And we need to beef this up and do that and sell more <laughs> of that and do more of that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Like well, I've told you before, it's it's, real... I, don't, I don't require you to do what I did. Right. You know, I knew I, I knew Jackie and I were going to be missionaries. Right. I knew we were going to be in Oaxaca, Mexico, the end of the world. <laughs> I knew there was no supply. Yes. I yes. knew that if God didn't come up, we'd die. Right. If God didn't show up, we're not going to last long. So I, I went down there knowing it's 100% dependence on God. And Jackie told me years ago, she said, you've gotten so dependent on God right. that you're independent of people. And I said, yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm not going to depend on people. I love people. Right. Pray for people. Think they're wonderful. But my source is God. My dependence is God. But yet somebody else doesn't have to live that way. They don't have right. to match Terry Mize. You know, I'm, right. not, I'm not your example. Uh, but but that's what I made a decision on based on what Brother Copeland told us. That's what you and Dean decided based on what Brother Copeland. Right. But, you know, we've got good friends that go the total opposite way. Right. You know, as a missionary, uh, I've got a really good friend, or used to have, he's passed away now, but uh, had another really good friend that was a great missionary, tremendous missionary. And uh, I used to have people come to me and say, Brother Terry, teach us how to believe God for money. Teach us how to raise money for missions. Teach us how to do this. And I'd always tell them this. I'd say, I don't know how. 
Yeah. <laughs> I live by faith. I believe God for my money. I give uh-huh. and pay tithes and expect uh-huh. God to return it and bless right. it. And I said, I don't know how. I don't even know where my partners come from. Right. I said, now you ought to go talk to Brother So-and-so, who's a good friend of mine. And he's got Buku's money. He's got Buku, Buku, Buku's money. <laughs> and uh, and I said, yeah. he's the master at it. Yeah, he's a character. I said, if you want to learn to live like that, go, yeah. go talk. It's not that it's wrong. Right. It's right for him. It would be wrong for me. Right. You know? And I said, so you choose what would be right for you. But I said, if you want to go that route, uh, then you go talk to him because he's the master at it. Well, Man, he, gets, he, gets, he just walks up to somebody and says, I need an airplane. You need to buy me an airplane. You know, or I need a car. You need to buy me a car. Well, that's fine if you can do that with no no check in your spirit. I right. couldn't do that. And so I tell people, you need to go talk to him. He's the master at raising money. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm I'm. I'm, I don't want to say I'm in the master of faith, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing pretty core. well in faith, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and so you have to decide where you're going to live. What side of that line are you going to live on? It doesn't mean that you're a beggar. And, and if you really are a beggar, then that's wrong. If that's you really right. are a manipulator, that's wrong. That's right. But if you're just, you know, just, just operating in faith, but yet you feel comfortable asking people to get involved right. with you. That's none of my business. Well, the whole work of the Holy Spirit, Terry, on the inside of all of us has been is that God is all the while at work Mm -hmm. in us. And he's trying to take us to a a higher level, like Isaiah 55 says, his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. We're all trying to go up higher and faith to faith, glory to glory. And you're going to have to listen to the inward voice of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth about how to say it so that it doesn't compromise uh, a heart of faith. It mm-hmm. doesn't compromise the Word of God, and it doesn't put you over in the beggar area. Right. It doesn't put you over in the manipulation area, but it pulls you out of both of those ditches yeah. over into a real life of faith exactly. that is attainable exactly. for every single believer, no matter where you are and, and what your God, vocation it's is. it's always balance. Yes. Brother Hagin used to tell Thank us God. over and over and over and over, there's a bar ditch on each side of the road. Yes. <laughs> Don't get in either one of them. Stay in the middle of the road. Stay balanced. That's right. And that's what we've got to do is stay balanced. Even with our faith, we've got to keep it balanced. Well, and you can hold two thoughts in your your head at the same time you can you can keep your your uh, crisis needs you know to your uh, self and then you can also believe God at the same time well our time is gone for today and we only have one thing left to say to you and that is you are more, more than, than conquerors, conquerors. bye bye Did you ever think that God's sitting on high looking down on you and dishonoring, disrespecting, not thinking much about you? You know, God said to me when I was just a teenager, He said, I told Joshua to do three things, that if he would do those three things, that he would prosper and be healthy. At that time, I had never heard anybody in my church talk about prosperity. I'd never talk about uh, anybody being successful. And God said, if you'll do those same three things, you will be prosperous, you will be successful. And so I immediately went to Joshua 1.8 to see what God told Joshua. And he said, talk like God, think like God, act like God. If you'll do those three things, you will be prosperous and you will have great success. It absolutely changed my life and it'll change your life. God said, don't let anything uh, from this book of the law not depart from your mouth. Don't let anything come out your mouth but the word. In other words, talk like God. Then he said, meditate that 
day and night. I mean, not once in a while, not twice a day, but he said all the time, meditate the Word of God day and night. And thirdly, he said that you may observe to do, or to be a doer of the Word, to do according to all that's written therein. And then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. That was just before I went into the mission fields permanently as an 18-year-old kid. And it changed my life. And I've been all over the world, lived in the jungles, lived in deserts, lived everywhere, watched God do miracles. And he's prospered me and made me successful, kept me healthy, saved me. He'll do the same thing for you. Get in the Word today and do those three things. In this powerful best-selling mini-book, God's Opinion of You, Terry Mize explains biblical foundations on how to receive and use the authority God has given you. A mini-book that fits in your pocket, but packs a big punch. You'll learn to see yourself how God sees you. Righteous, blessed, more than a conqueror. Get your copy today at terrymize.com.